to the Midas Touch. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Another episode of the Midas Touches. We're back after a two-week hiatus. I think much-needed hiatus after we were both present at the Glastonbury Festival, which was, as expected, one of the great weekends of the year. I think it is one of the best things that the UK has to offer. Charlie, Glastonbury, how are you feeling? Have you recovered? Uh, yeah, I just just about got back to it. I had a week off work afterwards, which whole week did help. Yeah, it wasn't intentional, as in I I did book it off intentionally, but um, it was only because I needed to use up the holiday. So it it was it was yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I could have <laughs> gone back to work on Wednesday, but well, that's what I told myself anyway. But yeah, um, back at work this week. Been thrown into the deep end a bit. We're very busy at the moment. Uh, it being the transfer window, of course. So. Yeah, a lot going on. Uh, so a bit of a bit of snap back to reality, but uh, at the same time, racing is back on the agenda for me and for you. Very excited. Good weekend to look forward to. I know we'll do a bit of a review of, of Ascot, which perhaps didn't go entirely our way, though we did have a, a couple of decent results. But yeah, excited to be happy to be back. Hundred percent. It's great. It's great to be back um and we're yeah excited but i think going back to going back to glastonbury um we can't oh, we sorry. can't yeah, we yeah. can't move on before talking about our favorite performance um who was yours yeah well as i said to people who have asked me this my favorite was a guy called brucey who <laughs> maybe not all of you know but he is a rapper from nottingham <laughs> uh, i myself being from nottingham and a nottingham forest Come fan, on, which you he went. is also it was a very special performance. A lot of Forest fans in the crowd, you Reds, and yeah, it was just a great, great feeling. It was on the Friday, so full of excitement at my first full day at the festival, yeah. and yeah, it was a great way to tee it off. But so many brilliant performances. Obviously, we were both present at Lewis Capaldi, which was a very emotional performance. Yeah, just I think that I think that was definitely the. I think that was probably the the best moment of my festival, even though. It was kind of also the saddest and, you know, it, Lewis maybe isn't going to be performing for a while. Um, but that was, it was special to be a part of that. 100% special. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think I, I guess it just sort of encapsulated what exactly Glastonbury is about. It's everyone. got a weird feeling to it, doesn't it? Mm. I think it's the ley lines. It's exactly what it is, actually, yeah. I, th- I th- genuinely think it has some sort of weird pagan energy. Um, anyway... This is a racing podcast. It's not a, not a Glastonbury Festival podcast. Um, but hopefully we can channel some of that pagan energy into tipping up some winners this week. But before we go on to this week, let's first just look back at Royal Ascot. Um, it was a ridiculous week. I think I saw a, a stat that said that if you backed every single horse that ran at Royal Ascot with a £10 stake, you would have ended up with six hundred pounds profit. Yeah, I, I heard that one also. So, yeah, definitely a ridiculous week. As I said previously, it was 
just a bit of a difficult one for us i, I kind of I felt a bit like i did last year weirdly where i wasn't quite satisfied with it and it's a it's an odd one because like in theory it should go really well because you know a lot of the horses or you know all the horses really you know you know the form lines really well and you should be able to judge it but yeah it always does throw up some shot results i mean the one that screams out to me is like mostardaf like yeah. uh, in the prince of wales is we we were we were big on bay bridge he uh, absolutely bolted up as but, well but but that was bolted up and there was literally nothing in the form to show that he could beat pretty what much you, any of those horses what do you think it is I, I honestly couldn't tell you even now. Yeah. I, cu- I couldn't tell you. He he is so overformed. And, you know, yeah, he's won a lot of prize money, but he went and won um, the Saudi Cup or whatever. Yeah, did he win the Saudi Cup or come no, second? Yeah. He may come. But anyway, you know, he is he is nowhere near the horse that, that you know, Adiar is or, or, or Bay Bridge is on, on a going day. So I, I found that result yeah. particularly bizarre. But you do get those Ascot and... For for whatever reason it is, sometimes it's more easily explained. But I think in those in, in the the races with the bigger fields, it's quite often there's a really strong pace, and the horses that finish well do quite well. Ascot's quite a stiff track at the finish as well. Mm-hmm. But those ones where there's like five six runners, Group One, I mean, like the, you get the, those the all Prince year round. The Prince Wales is always a small field yeah. as well, so it, it really does baffle me. And you, you can't you can't talk about draw bias or anything like you know track bias. It wasn't soft like ground. That. Yeah, it's genuinely genuinely mental. So so that one yeah. really was a big head scratcher for me. Um, I then had the the added disappointment of my nap for the festival coming second, which no. I was genuinely gutted about. And she obviously um, then bolted up last weekend at the Curra. So just just yeah really yeah. really frustrating but you know uh, and and then my other one that i was thinking about was random harvest who i tipped to 40 to one on the pod who came yeah. second really thought by neck as well really to, thought that one might win to rogue millennium who i who i was on um <sighs> yeah. i think the the definitely the highlight of my week came on day one as equilateral just snuggled into fifth for that five to one winner which was lovely um but that was about where the luck ended for the for the week i think it's a we'll move on from royal ascot this year there's plenty more opportunities throughout the racing calendar this weekend we've got the coral eclipse we had the irish derby on sunday august rodan won by the biggest efforts of coolmore that i've ever seen adelaide river wasn't even touched yeah um yeah, I mean, they did have over half the field, so... Yeah, but <laughs> do you think... Do you, and, and what's your opinion on that? I mean, it's quite interesting. Clearly, they want August Rodan to win as many of these big races as they can for the, the breeding value. Yeah. But yeah. that being so high profile, do you think people will take that into account when they're seeing August Rodan bred horses in the future? The fact that the, the Irish Derby, it was as if he didn't win. Definitely racing Twitter was suggesting that, at least. Adelaide River, you know, seemed to be travelling really well. Um, and and Shamey did not touch him. Uh, sorry, what's the point you're trying to make, though? Well, just the fact that, yes, he won the race, August Rodan, but did he? would he actually have won it on merit? Maybe not. That's, no, that's, no, that's, but, that's but, what... but, like, uh, Coolmore are never going to put that in his you know in his stud card no i know but <laughs> they weren't not gonna but, be like but the people buying the horses might remember the race is what i'm trying to say 
They may well, but I, I, I don't know. I think it, it's more likely that they'll just take a look at the, you know, five group ones that who end up winning. They won't look that deep, <laughs> yeah. and and they'll kind of forget about that Irish derby result and like kind of who really cares about the Irish derby these days as in not yeah. you know it, it's 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 always a far weaker race anyway so yeah than the English equivalent I mean but yeah yeah another huge winner for for George Bowie on the weekend via Sestina who's definitely a, a podcast favorite winning George's second group one hell of a result that uh add in Ireland as well to win a group one in Ireland with via Sestina who you know really I think she picked up for five grand. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, really incredible. And she's obviously come on leaps and bounds this season. Uh, I tipped her at Newmarket when she won very well. And some people may have sort of disparaged that result, saying that obviously the ground was very soft, so far more in her favour. But for Bowie to go out and, and do that and pick up a, a group one out there was, was really fantastic to see. And yeah happy to see see her win i i have to say i thought above the curve might go and do it there just because aiden o'brien out in ireland george bow is a great trainer but to go take on the big man himself out out in ireland on on home soil it's it's a difficult thing and above the curve you know ryan moore's great at a, a front running ride but yeah came up short so yeah. yeah a very very good result for george bowie and well done to to connections there very very shrewd pickup it was. Uh, I mean, the way that George has trained his horses over the last four years, you know, picking up the 1,000 guineas last year with cachet. I mean, his horses just go from strength to strength. And and, and actually, I think I was watching Mo- Windsor on Monday night and, you know, you, you realise that actually there are some young trainers out there who don't just go straight into the limelight and don't just pick up those big owners big rides but george has just managed the start of his career so well mm. what what yeah. do you think it is well he's clearly quite a, a personal guy for a for a start and and that that does help you know i think what a lot of people are looking for when they go into ownership is it what in a trainer is someone that they can you know have a nice chat with can get on can get on well with and, and just talk about uh, you know their shared passion the, the sport that they love and He's clearly very good at doing that. So he's obviously forged some good relationships. People trust him. People keep sending horses back to him. And yeah, you know, so long as you, you start stumping out the results fairly quickly, yeah. then then people aren't going to desert you anytime soon. And he'll just end up going from strength to strength. Yeah, you need to have a quick start in your racing career. George has. Hopefully we can get off to a quick start on Saturday. The first race that we're looking at is the Coral charge five furlongs marshman is the favorite who's been a real hype horse of this year uh kind of yet to yet to really flourish since that that reappearance win ryan moore gets the ride today five to one favorite as a result anaf is second favorite 11 to two equilateral my favorite horse in training not really but won that race on the oh won won the race in my eyes came fifth uh in the king stand six to one get ahead one that we like sevens uh quality eights really good field this very competitive race what was your opinion yeah this this is actually one of my favorite races of the year weirdly enough i think like sand down five furlongs is such an idiosyncratic task or you know um race 
it, it's it's a brilliant spectacle and, and i'd advise anyone to, to to watch it even if you're not gonna have a bet but but it's sure to be it's sure to be a, an interesting watch i mean marshman as you say is as i mean he was a very strong juvenile but he, he's been mostly well beaten by all the rivals this year so far ryan moore booking is very interesting clearly but i wouldn't probably wouldn't have him favorite here and 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 actually a couple of others towards the top of the market as well have have big holes in them and af hasn't um seems hasn't more ever, of more of an all, all weather horse yeah never won on turf so <laughs> that doesn't necessarily bode well either equilateral as much as we love the horse he's probably a bit vulnerable for win purposes and, and yeah. he's not he's not a place place betting price here get ahead is interesting i think clive cox definitely believes that this one has a win in him and uh connections did win with curious a couple of years ago so he'd be interesting I, i'm gonna throw it to you here because i th- i'd actually sort of agree with 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 where you're coming at this race from so so yeah do you want to tell everyone what what you think well yeah i mean i thought get ahead was definitely interesting um you know, came a, a really close second last time when when pulled back to five furlongs out in Shanti in a group two. Um, but looking at this race, it's so competitive. And actually, Carl Burke, I think the, the second string, the supposed second string, is a really interesting contender. Um, the, the scurry stakes seems to be a very good piece, of, a, a good form guide for this race. Four of the last 12 uh winners or runners four horses ran in the scurry stakes on their last start before running in this race three of those four won and the winner of the scurry stakes this year was a uh, filly called lady hamana who i think won that really impressively at quite a big price granted uh and the favorite that day tajala uh actually there was a different favorite get i can't remember what it was um the name escapes me at the moment, but but Lady Hamana really won that fair and square going away at the finish. She's 14 to 1 here, um, and I just think that's overpriced. I think the, the punters have come for the favourite, the hype horse Marshman, but I think Lady Hamana's really squeaking in here. Clifford Lee's booked, so looking like he's going to run. Um, course and distance forms obviously strong, especially at Sandown, reasonably unique track. So, yeah, for me, Lady Hamana, I think, has been c- completely overlooked. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it started a little bit shorter, maybe not a lot, but um, definitely has some has some good form that I think has been ignored here. Yeah, the, the other thing, and going back to the to the jockey booking, it, it, it's almost a blessing in disguise that Ryan Moore's booked on on Marshman because it means that, that Lady Hamana can be ridden by Clifford Lee, who would be Carl Burke's first choice um, jockey. So and who's who rode that horse to victory in the Scurry Stakes? So that that's another positive to to her name. The, the one issue I probably have is that she's a she's still a two year old. She was a really late foal, born in August. So uh, I don't know what kind of record they have in this race, but not a great one. Three year olds have a good re- good record, and I think she gets the the three year old allowance. It's it's really strange. Um, I think she has a two year old allowance in here. Anyway, but. Uh, yeah i i agree and I, li- I really like the thinking behind that trend i would perhaps uh, uh, at a similar price consider tajala as well just because that one was was clearly 
still showing signs of greenness, having only run three times. Um, Tajala was second in, in that scurry stakes and, and he that was only his third ever career run. So very unexposed. We'll learn from that and could probably do a bit better. The, the price differential was not quite there and Tajala's not bu- booked up, um, booked up with a ride. But... Yeah, I I think the form line is the, the the trend there is really interesting. So so either of those ones, uh, both at double figure odds, which seems which seems bizarre to me. So yeah, e- either one you can maybe take a play at. Yeah, I think um, uh, you know it, it's a competitive field there. So taking on the the favorite, um, you know you're going to get a bit of value each way. Fourteen to one, not a not a terrible play um the ground as well it looks like it's going to be dry for the next couple of days then some thunderstorms potentially on saturday at sandown so kind of difficult to really predict now how the ground's going to be it's good to soft at the moment probably going to be good ground you would have thought unless there's a huge downpour um i would have thought lady Hamana probably wants around good uh to perform to her best we'll see what happens there um let's move on let's go up to haydock for the lancashire oaks a race that in recent years has been dominated by John Gosden. I think he's won six of the last 12 last year with free wind uh, for the same connections as the favourite this year, Mimikyu for George Strawbridge. Mimikyu's had one run this season, finished second, um, 11-8 to favourite. Rab Havlin takes the ride. Frankie Dettori is honouring his ban now, which will see him out. Uh, including the July meeting at Newmarket, which is great shame. Sea Silk Road, second favourite, William Haggis, currently no jockey on board, but uh, one last time over course and distance, so you would have thought we'll probably turn up here. Um, Aristia, sixes for the Hannon team. Ross Carberry, who uh, has been a, a really good horse this year, came back on, on reappearance and won, uh, and then last time out was just touched off uh, in fourth time lock tens for the informed charlton team they've been flying recently six from 18 um in the last two weeks do you think it's as simple as that mimic goes and wins this because he's had a a real real stranglehold in this race in recent years yeah and that's got to be noted uh, i would be interested if if ross carberry goes for this race uh, again not jocked up and and i'm, I'm seeing ocean or Jocked up. Oh then. really? Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if refresh he does, the page, sir. <laughs> if he do, if he does go, then the, or if she goes rather, it could be quite interesting because of course we were talking about Via Sistina earlier. Ross Carberry finished fourth behind Via Sistina uh, in the Pretty Polly last time out, which in of itself is incredibly strong form and really probably some of the best form in here, if not the best bit of form in here. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd be interested if Ross Carberry turns up. Uh, yeah, if if you say he's dropped up, then 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 that would would definitely be of interest. But yeah, I I don't have a massively strong opinion on on the race. Otherwise, I've always found Mimikyu to be a bit hit and miss. Yeah. So it, it, there's a big word of warning on that one. I I wouldn't personally be taking short prices about that horse, based on 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 sort of. A, a couple of bad runs chucked into what has otherwise been a, a good record. So yeah, R- Ross Carberry looks interesting. Uh, for the safe, yeah, Aristia's got close form with that one, though it was well beaten last time. But that was on reappearance. So 
yeah, it's it's a difficult race. I haven't I haven't put my store into. I've just refreshed my page and actually Ashinor's disappeared. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think maybe Ross Carberry won't turn up. Um, I think that uh, that Danny Tudhope picks up a good ride here. Seasick World. Um, I was really strong on on Time Lock last time out. Time Lock looked a bit of a boat. Didn't really pick up. Great ride from Tom Marquand on uh, Sea Silk Road. Last to first. Finish off strongly. Seemed to have um, peripatetic covered in that. Sorry, no, Poptronic seemed to have that covered. Uh, although clearly Poptronic's a, a, a much bigger price at 14s here. Um, but Sea Silk Road looks travel into that really nicely. Uh, won it over course and distance last time out. And um, yeah, I think against the favourite 11 to 8. I'll probably be with uh, with with Sea Silk Road Haggis team going quite well. They've had winners about twenty percent last two weeks. Um, I don't think William Haggis has, has won this race in the last sort of twelve fifteen years. But um, yeah, I find it difficult to back Mimikyu just because of you know the fact that uh, she is quite quite hit and miss. Um, so yeah, Sea Silk Road for me in this one. Nice. Um, <laughs> Let's let's go back down to Sandown. The, the three o'clock is the Coral Distaff, and at the top of the market, we have the the Royal Ascot winning Coppice. Coppice, I think, went off six to one joint favourite for that. Has clearly been one that the Gosden team have liked and have campaigned quite cleverly to try and win those races. Turns up in a listed race here. Um, reopposes the second on that day Breege and um in between those two in the market is Silver Lady for the Charlie Appleby team at 11 to 4. Do you think this is Coppice's race to to lose or do you think Breege can put it up to them or is there another contender that you've got your eye on? I mean there'd be another contender I have my eye on who I think has a bit better form than the rest of these are shown. I mean obviously Coppers, as you say, is a Royal Ascot winner. I mean, that was in a in a handicap, of course, the Sandringham. Bree closely matched on that form, and and yeah, there's there's not much in it between them. Maybe at, at the odds, Bree's probably a better bet at, at nine to two than Coppers is at seven to four. Given they were so they were so close together at the finish, and Bree came for a long way back. I mean, I quite like. Uh, a, a pretty unexposed runner in this field and that's Stenton Glider. Uh probably not the unexposed runner that you thought I might say because nice. <laughs> um yeah, I just think that though though she really did bomb out in the 1000 guineas at Newmarket, she's um also finished second two times once in a in a group 3 and once in a group 2 this season. I mean that group 2 was out in, in Germany. It was the the German 1000 guineas but it's a group two nonetheless and some a decent bit of campaigning probably from Hugo Palmer to, to send her over there. But yeah, I, I think I think that this one comes in here with, with a bit better form than, than, than some of these uh, further up the market. I mean, admittedly, this one's only, only 15 to two, but I, I quite like the profile. I think any sort of cut in the ground will also help this horse based on that, that run in the Fred Darling is it the Fred Darling? Which is the Phillies one? Yeah. Uh, Newbury is the Fred Darling. Yeah, because the green. Yeah, sorry. The Fred Darling. Um, but yeah, based on that, I think she won a bit of cut in the ground. That was a next second behind Remarque. 
So yeah, I I I just like to take on the first probably first three in the field and 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 look to this one to you know come it, up at a good price. It, interesting as well that 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 race out in Dusseldorf back in third yeah. was Dream of Love, who then went and ran in the Sandringham was seventh at uh, at twenty to one, um, not too far behind coppice and breeze who clearly come here as two market principles and stenton glider was two and a quarter lengths in front of dream of love that day so quite clear so definitely i think an interesting value shout from from you there and and probably not as far off the market principles as the market suggests at the moment yeah uh, sorry just on that um i'm just looking here dream of love yeah no they they it was in the same group as the rest so yeah was on the side where the track bar, but i guess the, was. the other the other argument here is charlie appleby was in horrendous form during royal ascot didn't have a single winner and uh he's backfiring now um so look i mean maybe stenton glider is actually a little bit a little bit better than dream of love was in in that race so i don't know let's uh definitely one to to kind of consider i actually quite like the the charlie appy runner in here silver lady um partly because of of that i think appleby is banging form again and the market is probably still underestimating his horses maybe slightly um silver lady's clearly really still unexposed run twice won comfortably on debut didn't beat too much uh and then last time out was second in um in a race up at York, in a listed race up at York, behind Sounds of Heaven, who finished really close behind Tahira uh, last time in the coronation at, at Royal Ascot. Queen for You was was second last that day, but they they finished uh, they finished very close in this race at York, and I think Silver Lady looked looked pretty green at the finish, and hopefully is a lot better today. So I think Cop is clearly a strong favourite, but I think Silver Lady is definitely one to watch appleby clearly has some really real big guns and i think this could be could be a a filly to watch there there should be a word of warning there because it looks like will bjork's jocked up on bridestones it does i don't know if that's i mean yeah it's quite odd for for john and thady gosden as well rather than appleby so maybe silver lady doesn't go here so definitely be careful with that one i would just mention going back to the sandringham the horse that finished first of the far side group back in eighth was Magical Sunset, who might come here. Admittedly, this one hasn't won yet this term, but wasn't too far back in the Fred Darling at the start of the season. Then sort of dropped back down in trip and and, and ran a pretty average race at Ascot. Uh, but yeah, so I I I would I would maybe ha- have a look at that one if 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 she gets jocked up. I know she hasn't won, but she's she's twelve to one at the moment, so she's a de- decent each way price as it stands. And yeah, and 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 the draw bias is it was a big thing. The first seven home were from the near side in, in that Sandringham, so she did well to to finish eighth. Very interesting. I think if Silver Lady does get taken out, Stenton Glider for me would be the the bet. I think if Silver Lady gets taken out, then it uh, Breeze is likely to go shorter as is Stanton Glider so 15 to 2 is probably not not a bad uh, price for that one sneak in a little uh, dirty each way bet 
340 at Sandown is the big one of the weekend, the Coral Eclipse. Uh, two hugely impressive horses coming in here. Paddington, who was mightily impressive in the St. James's Palace Stakes, absolutely smashed up Chaldean. Um, a big winner for Coolmore there. 11 to 8 favourite here. Emily Upjohn, 13 to 8 for the Lloyd Webbers. John and Thady Gosden, Will Buick will take the ride here. Frankie uh, clearly honouring his ban, as we spoke about earlier. And Matt is eights, Dubai on a 14s. Luxembourg 20s, currently without a jockey, though. Uh, so difficult to know if Luxembourg's going to turn up here. West Wind Blows is 33 to 1. It looks a bit of a... Uh, it looks a bit of a ding-dong battle with those top two in the market. But as we found out the hard way uh, in the in the Prince of Wales and Matt, the um, the Shadwell horse is eight to one. Are we are we are we worrying about overlooking Anmar, or do you think it's just uh, between Paddington and Emily Upjohn? Nah, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let one bad experience put me off and. I think it probably is between the top two in the market. The last five runnings of this race would suggest that that one of the top two has won this race in the last five years. I think for for me, Emily Upjohn, Emily Upjohn, Emily Upjohn, Emily Upjohn, <laughs> Emily Upjohn. <laughs> You've been spending too much time in Manchester, mate. Yeah, she she just edges it. I given actually quite the, like the Manchester accent. Thanks. By the way. She, the record. She, she just edges it given the given the course and distance form i'd say probably she's only really had one bad run in her life which is in the in the king george sixth last year where she completely bombed out for for no apparent reason but yeah she she comes in here off the off the back of a good win in the coronation cup and uh, a commanding win really and and gosden's won this race four times i think he's the winning most trainer of this race so yeah, for, for me, I, I think I'd have her probably. Paddington, I don't know, is a, a, a big improving horse because... Yeah, it's been crazy. I, I couldn't believe that one won the Irish 2000, to be honest, uh, and was so well supported, having only gone there winning a listed race prior to that or something. Or something. But, you know, Aiden does that often and, and was clearly stepped up again to win at Royal Ascot. So definitely fear Paddington, but... Emily Upjohn looks a really solid bet for me. Yeah, she does. She does. I think the, I mean, I, I'm kind of looking at that 2000 guineas form now and having second thoughts about it. Um, I don't know if Chaldean is is maybe as good. Um, Emily Upjohn. I mean, the Westover form looks incredible now. Close behind Equinox at um, Maidan. And, uh, I mean, Emily Upjohn took Westover to pieces with that turn of foot, eased down at the finish. And, uh, look, she's very good at, at Epsom, clearly, over that course and distance, as um, uh, as Madeline Lloyd Webber said afterwards. But she just looks top, top class. And um, I believe she's the only horse that the Lord, Lloyd Webbers have ever bought midway through their career. So... If that's anything to go by, John Gosden, I think, might have given them the nod that it was time to go for it. And look, she's paid them back so far. And uh, she's going to have a serious stud value if she can keep on winning races like she did last time. Uh, I'm not going to fade her again. The last two times I've faded her, I have been stung. So um, Emily Upjohn, 
the time is now in the in the coral eclipse let's hope paddington ge- doesn't keep on improving otherwise it mm-hmm. could be uh it could be a tough on a monday morning um that's it what a what a great episode we're really uh we we've we've gone for some good selections i think some value one shorty in emily up john to to get stuck into hopefully some uh happy punters at the end of the weekend um it's great to be back great to be back in the podcast we've now fully recovered from glastonbury so looking forward to getting stuck into the second half of the flat season um any closing remarks not that i can think of i mean i'm looking forward to watching going home this weekend so i'll be watching it with my with my sister and with my parents which would be nice my sisters uh, as, as my sister is as some of you will know very keen racing fans so it'd be nice to watch with her that will indeed um brilliant great work good luck this weekend come on emily up john <laughs> it's a goodbye from me tris and it's a goodbye from me charlie goodbye Bye.